again, friends and fellow truth seekers, Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where it's my goal to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul and particularly to help other left brain types like I am ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Now, this is a Tuesday podcast and normally it's a short one, but I have to, I have to do a little catching up. I just came back from two trips. One was to Lebanon and the other one was something in the United States here, a charity motorcycle ride I was on. But I have to talk about Lebanon first. I had a wonderful time there, super duper people. Uh, I was there for a couple of reasons, but the funny thing is, uh, for some reason, I couldn't get the internet to work properly. My goal was to do at least two podcasts there. I got one done just before I left, but I couldn't get the internet to work all that well with my laptop. But the funny story is that as I was checking into the place, First of all, the odds of the, the people I'm about to talk about hearing this podcast are slim to none, but they're wonderful people. Great hotel I stayed at, and the, the check-in lady was a, a lady named Gianna, and she was kind enough. She came up to my room as I checked in, and she made sure that my laptop and my cell phone were both on the hotel Wi-Fi, which was awesome. Super professional. It was great. So I, I brought one of those cameras with me, you know, one of the little blink cameras that I see the orbs with, and I thought... I, I usually check it, you know, when I go to different hotels. I think it's kind of cool to see the orbs, and so I like to take the camera with me. And I took it to I took it to Lebanon. Now, the, the Blink camera, their Amazon Blink cameras, they don't attach very well to hotel Wi-Fi's because you got to put in a name and a room number usually, and and they they can't do that. They just need a passcode. So when I travel in the United States, I use my own Wi-Fi or MiFi device, and that works out pretty good. But I knew that wouldn't work in Lebanon, so I didn't take it with me. But I did have the camera. And so after this young lady, Gianna, was so nice, the next morning I, I said to her, hey, is there any way you can just give me a passcode to connect my uh, another device? I didn't want to tell her I had a camera. <laughs> another device uh, in my room. And she said, oh, hang on a second, I'll send IT up. So I thought, uh-oh, this is already getting a little more complicated than I needed to be. And literally, with, I got back to my room, and within five minutes... There was a knock at the door, and there was another young lady there, very nice, and her name is Aziza. And Aziza is all business, man. She's uh, she's an IT person, and I, I I told her I just needed to connect a device, right? So she wanted to see the device. <laughs> it's a and it's the camera, and I you know I felt awkward a little bit showing her the camera, you know I didn't want to come across as a freakazoid having a camera in my uh, in my room, and so. I felt compelled to try and explain to her why I had the camera. Now, um, in retrospect, that was not such a good not such a good choice. <laughs> but Aziza, God bless her, man. She she tried to get it connected, wouldn't work. She went down the hallway and got a router, brought that back, hooked it up, went and got a second router, and honestly, two hours later, Aziza and I had to get dressed for something that night, and I, I was trying to be polite and say, no, just you can stop, don't worry about it. She kept at it, man. She did, she wanted to get it connected, but I made I made the the error of telling her that I was trying to capture orbs. You know, I didn't want <laughs> I don't know what she thought, and probably I shouldn't have worried about it. But I didn't want her to think I, I was spying in my room or something. Uh, anyway, I told her about orbs, and man, I got nothing but a blank look and complete disinterest. And so uh, I didn't I didn't finish the explanation. But anyway, Aziza failed to uh, to get my my camera hooked up and I'm fine with that so 
that was my story of orbs in Lebanon. I, I think they were there. I don't know. I tried using my cell phone like how I can in my house here sometimes, just capture them with my normal cell phone. And I could see some of them, uh, you know, very briefly and quickly, but nothing that I would capture and share like on YouTube or something. It just wasn't that good. So when I got back to the States, I rolled right into uh, another event that I was doing, and it was the American Legion Legacy Ride. It's a state ride, uh, Virginia Legacy Ride. And uh, the folks that put this together, really just one guy that put it together, did an amazing job, went really well. But, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm talking about things like manifestation and, and things going, you know, the way I want them to go, it's hard to, to provide some concrete examples. So what I want to do right now is talk about how I consciously, de deliberately used manifesting to, I think, influence things this weekend. So first of all, we're driving there. I'm with three other guys. And we're trying to get down to the Eastern Shore. It's about a four-hour ride. And as I'm driving along, I kept thinking, um, you know, I, I was the chief road captain for this thing. So I was, you know, the guy leading it. And I kept thinking, what would happen if I was to, you know, have an accident or fall out or not make it? The, the, the guy who was helping me, my assistant chief road captain, was with me. But, you know, he, he d did not want to have to take over for sure. And I had spent hours and hours and hours going over the maps and going over the route. And I knew it really well. And he, of course, did not have the time to do this, nor did I have the time to share things with him because I was in Lebanon. So we're driving along, and I'm, th <laughs> I'm thinking these things, and we pull into a rest area in, uh, where were we, Eastern Maryland, uh, just to get gas, and something was wrong with my bike. I, I could just tell it right away, and sure enough, I had a flat tire. <laughs> my first thought was, holy crap, I manifested a flat tire. Um, I have, I've had flat tires before, and really, I was very fortunate that I did not have a flat tire while I was going 70 miles an hour. It happened to me, for some reason, as we pulled into this gas station, I was going about five miles an hour, and it really affects the handling of your bike. I thought something was wrong with the front of my bike because it was shaking, but thank God it didn't happen to high speed. Anyway, uh, it took quite a while to to fix it, and my my buddy, uh, the assistant chief road captain, Bruce, had a plug kit. Now, I've never plugged a motorcycle tire as long as I've been riding. I've never had to plug my own tire, and... He and I both worked on it, and the first plug didn't work. And so I'm saying to myself, okay, I manifested a flat tire. Awesome. I'm going to just think positively. It is going to work. Uh, again, I keep saying that mantra. No matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing, my dominant intention today is to see what I want to see. So I kept saying that, and uh, after the first plug didn't work, I kept saying it over and over again. Bruce plugged it again. And it seemed to hold. And we spent about a couple hours there doing this, but it seemed to hold, and, and the pressure was uh, was okay. And then we drove for a little while, and bottom line is it lasted all weekend. It's, it's lasted hundreds of miles. Uh, I was, again, going at speed. I didn't go over 60 miles an hour the whole weekend, but it, uh, it, it seemed to work. And I refused to accept in my mind any negative stuff. I refused to accept any thoughts that it might fail. Uh, I knew that I was the leader of this thing. We had, um, what do we have? We had about 220 motorcycles on the ride. 
and a whole bunch of support vehicles and trucks and stuff. And I, I needed to, I needed to do it. There was no, there was no plan B. So I just kept, I just kept saying, um, it's going to work and I want it to work. And I kept visualizing everything going fine. Now the, the, the weather, the weather also didn't cooperate all that well because we, uh, we had some really lousy weather Thursday and Friday. It rained pretty hard. Uh, and again, I, I started out each day saying that mantra, I, I want to see what I want to see. And everything went, went really well. The only glitch we had coming back was that we got caught in traffic on the notorious Bay Bridge. There was an accident. Somebody was killed, unfortunately. The whole thing was shut down. It took us hours to get across the bridge. But it all worked out. We all got back home safe. And I just wanted to share that with you because it's an example of how I try and use, you know, some might call it positive thinking. I'm sure Norman Vincent Peale or, um, uh, you know, the Think and Grow Rich guy, um, what's his name? <laughs> anyway, he would have, they would have called this positive thinking. And I, I'm now thinking of it as positive thinking, certainly, but also manifesting that I manifest and see what it is I want to see. So I just wanted to share that with you. It, uh, it was a lot of fun, um, and, we, and we accomplished a lot of good things, and both trips were awesome. There's one last little story from this, this weekend, too. Um, <laughs> I guess it's a good example of the universe having a sense of humor. The last day, the second, which was the second day, it was Saturday, um, we, I, I was on the last leg of the ride. Now, the, the way the ride's divided up is we, we have legs, right? So the first leg goes in the morning, we leave at 8 o'clock. We ride to some type of rest area or ceremony, which we did. And then there's a second leg to lunch, the third leg to another rest area, and the fourth leg to the, to the last part of the ride at the end of the day. So the last leg of the second day to the end was uh, not very long. And, and I had coordinated with the, the local sheriff's department to meet us someplace, and they were great. And I had everything lined up. And I, I was starting to have problems with my navigation systems. Now, when you're, when you're leading something like this, at least for me, I'm a left brain type. That's why I do this podcast. I'm still left brain type. I had three navigation systems on my motorcycle, okay? I had uh, a navigation system called my route app, which is awesome. I plan all my routes on it. I was running that on my cell phone. I have uh, a Garmin GPS. I was running that also on the other side of the, the handlebar. And then I had a built-in GPS system in my bike. Uh, well, the power failed on my my phone, and I later found out the cord uh, had been frayed, the power cord, and I couldn't. Uh, the, the, so that that system failed. The stupid Garmin um, <laughs> it started having calculation issues. It wouldn't calculate to the closest entry point to where we were. Anyway, it wasn't working. I was left with my my in bike my Harley system. And I was just looking at the, the, the network. I knew the network pretty well, the road network. I'd been there three or four times. I had scouted everything. We're going down the road, and every time I, for those of you that, that do any of this kind of stuff, when you zoom into a map and you can see a road network, that's awesome. But these were tiny roads, so when you zoom out, they disappear, and all you see are the major roads. I was trying to zoom out and see where the police were waiting for us. I knew where that point was, but I couldn't see the road network. Anyway... I had no navigation <laughs> after all these systems I had set up and I'm coming to this intersection, this fork in the road. And, uh, I chose poorly. I, I chose left. 
I chose the left fork and almost immediately I knew it was the wrong choice because we started heading in the opposite direction that I wanted to go. And my assistant road captain, my assistant chief road captain, Bruce, he said, uh, hey, Nick, I think we're headed towards the ocean, <laughs> which we were, which we were headed east instead of west. So now I've got 220 motorcycles behind me, a bunch of cars and trucks and trailers and uh, uh, a flag, a truck festooned with flags, blaring patriotic music. <laughs> and we're going down this road and I'm trying to figure out now where to turn around because uh, you just can't turn something like that around. We stretched for almost three miles. Um, so I'm going down this road, and on the map, all I see is a straight little line, and it, do, I, I don't, it looks like it just dead ends. And I thought, oh, man, now what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's this huge facility ahead of me, and it is, I now know it's the Wallops Island Satellite Launching Facility, and we had stumbled upon the, you know, the secret bat cave entrance to the to the facility. Uh, it's not marked on the map, and we're coming towards this thing, and it's got fences and gates and barriers, and there's this huge, other odd-looking building. I don't know what it was, but I see one dude pop his head out of a guard shack thing, and his head goes away, and I'm still riding towards this thing. Now, what I'm thinking is, you know, I've spent a lot of time around military installations, and Usually, you know, when people come up by accident, there's some place you can turn around or a turnaround loop of some kind. And I thought anything would be better than trying to turn around on an eight-foot-wide road with grass on either side. There's no shoulders. So I keep I keep rolling towards this, <laughs> rolling towards this gate, and suddenly now there's two heads, and then there's three heads, and I can't imagine what these guys thought as they saw, you know. 250 pairs of headlights coming down the road, this little road towards them. <laughs> we, get, we get to within about 20 yards of the gate, and I stopped. And the, they have no sense of humor, these guys. They're all standing there staring at me, uh, shocked, disbelief. Uh, and one guy's looking at me, and he's gesturing with the one hand to go back the other direction. And the other right hand, he's making a circle motion to turn around. And I yelled to him, I know. I know I need to turn around. I've got 220 motorcycles behind me. I'm looking for a way to do it. Um, he didn't care. So we turned around, and it was it was okay. It worked out. We had uh, one rider dropped his bike, uh, no injuries, but we got that whole mess turned around. Uh, we f I figured out where we were. We met the cops. We actually finished on time. We had left 10 minutes early from that last rest stop, and so it was funny how... Uh, how it works out, how spirit works it out, or God works it out. But we left 10 minutes early. I lost about 10 minutes with that little misdirection, and we met the cops right on time, and they got us where we needed to be. So it all worked out great, but that, that, was, my, that was my story. Now, I didn't, man, I don't know if I manifested that or not, but um, there's some lesson in there someplace. I just don't know what it is yet. But it was uh, it was the only glitch to an otherwise great weekend. But anyway, that's the extent, the extent of this particular podcast. Just wanted to share with you a couple stories from the past weekend and um, my trips. And just let you know that uh, manifesting, I, I still believe certainly that it works. And I'm, I'm very sure 
that uh, contributed to, I just refused to believe that anything bad was going to happen and continue to focus on what I wanted to see. And I hope you're able to do the same. Again, you can find me at MikeNicholas.com and uh, my email is Mike at MikeNicholas.com. I hope you'll consider rating and reviewing this podcast. I look forward to any comments you want to leave me. You can do that at some, some of the podcast things, but also you can do it on my website. Thank you, and I'll see you later this week. Bye-bye.